This morning, I want to focus on the theme of caring fathers, caring fathers. Now, I know it traditionally they say that Mother's Day is a day when the preacher exalts the virtues of moms. Father's Day is a day in which the preacher beats up on dads for what they are not. Uh, That's not my purpose for sharing today. I do want to share about caring fathers, however, and uh, one of the most powerful stories in the history of the Olympic Games involved a canoeing specialist named Bill Havens. He was a shoe-in, I'm told, to win a gold medal in the 1924 Olympic Games in Paris. But a few months before the Games were held, he learned that his wife would likely give birth to their first child while he was away. She told him that she could make it on her own. But this was a milestone Bill just didn't want to miss. So he surprised everyone and stayed home. Bill greeted his infant son, Frank, into the world on August 1st, 1924. Though he always wondered what might have been, he said he never regretted his decision. Well, he poured his life into that little boy and shared with him a love for the rapids. 24 years passed, and the Olympic Games were held in Helsinki, Finland. This time, Frank Havens was chosen to compete in the canoeing event. The day after the competition, Bill received a telegram from his son that read, Dear Dad, thanks for waiting around for me to be born. In 1924, I'm coming home with the gold medal that you should have won. It was signed, your loving son, Frank. Many would question Bill Haven's decision to miss his big opportunity in Paris, but he never wavered. He wanted his family to know that they always came first, no matter what. And that made him a hero to a little boy named Frank and he was in turn honored for honoring his commitment to his family what a powerful story of a caring father but this morning I want you to join me in looking at another story of a caring father found in the gospel of Mark in Mark's gospel in Mark chapter 9 beginning with verse 14 Mark chapter 9 Beginning with verse 14, we read about another caring father. The scripture tells us, And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed, and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. 
And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many people said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, did you notice that the spirit that afflicted, that tormented this child is identified as a mute spirit? This is important. As I was preparing and studying for this message, in one of my resources, it points out, in the eyes of contemporary Jewish exorcist, this was a particularly difficult, if not impossible, demon to cast out. This was because they believed that you had to learn a demon's name before you could cast it out. And if a demon made someone mute, you could never learn his name. This is what I love about Jesus. And we sang about it. There's nothing impossible for Jesus. Jesus didn't need to know what the demon's name was in order to cast it out. Jesus simply had to exercise the authority that he possessed to drive it out. This is what I want you to know today, that no matter how difficult your situation is, and even if it appears to be impossible, Jesus is bigger. Jesus is stronger. Jesus is more powerful. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and he can bring about a change. He can bring about a miracle. Notice how the father in this story demonstrated care for his son. His example reveals what caring fathers do. First of all, fathers care enough to bring their child to Jesus. Fathers care enough to bring their child to Jesus. Look at the testimony of the father once again in Mark 9, 17. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son. This father cared enough for his son to bring him to Jesus. Somehow, this father had heard. He had heard that Jesus had performed miracles. That Jesus had healed sick people. That Jesus had delivered those that were demonically oppressed or possessed. Word got to this father about Jesus' works. And it encouraged him to believe that his son would be able to find solution 
in the person of Jesus. And so this father who cared for his son and heard of a possible solution was willing to take the trip. He was willing to take the trek to get to wherever Jesus was at because he cared for him. I want you to notice he didn't send his son to Jesus. He didn't send someone to take his son to Jesus. This father personally took his son to Jesus because he heard of what Jesus was able to do through his power. And he, 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 he evaluated what he heard and, and he came to the conclusion, the solution to my son's ailment, the solution to my son's difficult and impossible situation and condition is Jesus. And whatever it takes to get to him, I'm going to take that trip. I'm going to take that journey and I'm going to get my son to Jesus because Jesus is the answer. Let me say to you, Jesus is the answer for this world today. Jesus is the answer for whatever ails you. Jesus is the answer for whatever troubles you. Jesus is the answer for whatever has taken the peace away from your life. Jesus is the answer for whatever oppresses you and weighs you down. Jesus is the answer for the anxiety, the depression, the pain that you feel in your soul. Jesus is the solution. I'm here to tell you today, you might not find it in a hospital. You might not find it in a, in a, in a psychiatrist's couch. You may not find it with talking to your compa, your comadre, or your friend, but I'm here to tell you, there is a certain and a a sure place where you can find a solution. It's a person by the name of Jesus who has the name that is above every name and who possesses all authority. This father cared enough to bring his son to Jesus. He wasn't like the father I read about this past week. There's a father that told his son, son, you better hurry up. The Sunday school bus is about to get here and you you know, hurry up, you're going to miss, you're going to be late. Then the son asked, Dad, when you were a kid like me, did you used to go to Sunday school? He said, yes. Then the son muttered under his voice, a lot of good it did him. If you can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs> you see, in order to see Something lasting transpire in our children. Fathers, we need to lead by example. Don't send your son to church. Don't send him to meet Jesus. You go with him. You bring him. You bring your child to Jesus. I told you I wasn't going to beat up on you, so let me move on to the next point, man. Fathers. The second thing this father reveals that caring fathers do is this. Fathers care enough to believe there is hope for their child. Fathers care enough to believe there is hope for their child. Look what Jesus asked the father in Mark 9, 21 again. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? The father answered and he said, from childhood. The original language has several words to describe a person's age. So according to the father, the boy was being a child, was past being a child, and may have grown to at least his pre-teen years. 
So he said, from childhood, this has been happening in my child's life. I've watched for years my child be thrown into water, into fire by this spirit whose intent it is to destroy him. That's why we know it was a diabolical, demonic spirit. Because Jesus points out that the role of the devil is as a thief to come to steal, kill, and destroy. The ultimate aim of the devil is to destroy. And this demon that worked for the devil was seeking to destroy this boy. And so this father regularly watched as his son was being tormented, oppressed, Treated like a rag doll by the power of this spirit whose intent was to destroy him. But I want you to notice that even as his father is watching this unfold in his child's life, the father didn't abandon his child. The father was there. The father was there. Why? Because the father believed in spite of my child's condition. There's still hope. I still believe. I have this expectation that a change can come, that a change can happen. This father never lost hope. So when he heard about Jesus, his hope was fueled by faith to believe if I get my son to Jesus, my hope of his condition being changed will be realized. I love what William Barclay, the commentator, of days past points out in his commentary on the letters to the Romans. He says the Christian hope is the hope which has seen everything and endured everything and has still not despaired because it believes in God. The Christian hope is not hope in the human spirit, in human goodness, in human endurance, in human achievement. The Christian hope is hope in the power of God. The Christian hope is hope in the power of God. As a child of God, you and I are aware of the fact that our God has all power. Our God is omnipotent, which means all powerful. He is able just by speaking to create light. He is able just by speaking to create heaven and earth. He is able just by speaking to bring into life human beings and plant life. Our God is all powerful. I want you to understand today this is why we sing what we do. There's nothing that our God can't do. This is why we declare there's nothing impossible because His power is not limited. His power is inexhaustible. It never runs out and His power is unlimited. Therefore, I'm here to declare today that regardless of what you and I are dealing with, there is hope. Our hope is founded on the power of God that knows no limit. There is always hope. That's why we read of Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. The Bible says this of Abraham. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping 
believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Child of God, if you are fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises, then hope is alive in you. This is why the Bible describes the hope of the Christian, the hope of the child of God as a living hope. It never ceases to exist. It doesn't die out. In fact, it grows stronger. The longer you walk with Him, the longer you're connected to Him, you realize that truly our God is an awesome God. Our God is majestic. Our God is glorious. Our God is all-powerful. The third thing this father reveals about caring fathers is this. Fathers care enough to be honest about their own condition. Fathers care enough to be honest about their own condition. Look what the Bible says again there in Mark 9. 22 through 24. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help! My unbelief. Now, when this father initially came to Jesus, he came with strong, expectant faith. But when he arrived to where Jesus, he had been told Jesus would be, he didn't meet with Jesus. He met with Jesus' disciples first. Because Jesus had been on the mount that's been called the Mount of Transfiguration with three of his disciples, his inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And so here he is looking for Jesus, comes across Jesus' disciples, so he figures his disciples can do what he does. And so he tells his disciples what he came to Jesus for, and they tried to drive out the demon, but they could not. So when he first comes... He has a strong, expectant faith. But after what transpired with the disciples, now his faith has become weakened. That's why he says, Lord, I believe. That's why I brought my son in the first place. That's why I took this journey. Because I believe you're the solution. But then your disciples then drive out the spirit now I'm struggling now I'm waffling now I'm wondering help my unbelief let me say something that I believe is needed to be stated it is this I believe more healings would happen in families if fathers would be willing to be honest about their condition their weaknesses their imperfections 
I believe one of the reasons why you have adult children that are still struggling to connect with their fathers is because their fathers have never been willing to admit their shortcomings, never been willing to apologize for the wrong that they've done against their children. This father reveals that if you're truly a caring father, you will own up to your own mistakes. You will own up to your own shortcomings. You will apologize for the things that you've done that have hurt your children. This father prayed in humility and asked for help. Let me say Christian fathers need to pray for their children. When we pray for our children, we are asking God to help, guide, and protect beyond our abilities to do so. All human fathers have limits, but our Heavenly Father is not limited by any means. And when we pray to our Heavenly Father for wisdom and guidance, we are praying for the interaction of His hands, of the hands of our Creator, Sustainer, and Redeemer, who is all-knowing, omniscient, everywhere, omnipresent, and all-powerful, omnipotent. Only our Heavenly Father has these unlimited capabilities. Therefore, when we pray to God, our Heavenly Father, we are praying for Him to help us. We are praying that He will help us in our helplessness and give us hope in our uncertainties in all that we do as we seek to carry out our part in rearing and raising our children in the ways of the Lord so that they can go and grow in their journey with the Lord. Fathers, I'm here to remind you that when you and I are like this father willing to be honest about our condition, we are coming to the one that invites us to his throne room in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. And in particular, verse 16, it says, let us therefore come boldly. That is with frankness of speech. God invites you and I to be honest. He says, be open about it. Be open about your struggles. Be open about your difficulties. Be open about your weaknesses. Be open about your shortcomings. Be open about your failures. Because if you'll be open with me in my throne room, I give mercy and grace for your time of need. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to lift you. I'm going to position you through my power to be able to overcome what has overcome you and to be able to position you to be an influence that will be impactful to your children. Then, after this child is delivered from this spirit, Jesus does a follow-up session with his disciples. And we read about it there in Mark 9, 28 and 29. It says, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately. They were too embarrassed to deal with it publicly. They said, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Again, I want to quote William Barclay in his commentary called the Daily Study Bible Commentary in Mark, his commentary on Mark. He points out some truths that need to be shared. 
And this is what he writes about this passage. This is his commentary about this passage. In effect, he, Jesus, said to them, the disciples, you don't live close enough to God. He continues, they had been equipped with power, but it needed prayer to maintain it. There is a deep lesson here. God may have given us a gift, but unless we maintain close contact with him, it may wither and die. That is true of any gift. God may give a man great natural gifts as a preacher, but unless he maintains contact with God, he may in the end become only a man of words and not a man of power. God may give a man a gift of music or song, but unless he maintains contact with God, he may become a mere professional who uses the gift only for gain, which is a dreary thing. Unless we maintain this contact with God, we lose two things, however great our gift may be. Barclay points out first, we lose vitality. We lose that living power, that something plus which makes for greatness. The thing becomes a performance instead of an offering to God. What should be a vital living body becomes a beautiful corpse. Second, we lose humility. What should be used for God's glory, we begin to use for our own. And the virtue goes out of it. What should have been used to set God before men is used to set ourselves before them. And the breath of loveliness is gone. And Barclay concludes with this. Here is a warning point. The disciples had been equipped with power direct from Jesus, but they had not nurtured power with prayer. And power had vanished. Whatever gift God has given us, we lose them when we use them for ourselves. We keep them when we enrich them. By continual contact with the God who gave them. Jesus was trying to reveal to his disciples. What happened was, you guys stopped staying in contact with God. And when this father brought his child, you thought you could automatically do what you already did before. The only way you can do what you did is by keeping in touch with the God who is. I'm saying to all of us that are followers of Jesus Christ, it's not enough to have known his power in the past. In order to experience that power in the present, we need to be as passionate as we were for him in the past in the present. We need to keep pressing in into his presence. We need to keep coming before him because, see, that reminds me as I come before him 
that my help comes from Him. It reminds me that I must remain God-dependent and never become self-dependent, independent from Him. And thinking I've arrived, child of God, no. We need His touch every day of our lives. And here's the thing that Jesus revealed. If you keep contact with the Father, it doesn't matter if you come down the mountain into a valley where something unexpected meets you. You'll be ready for the challenge. You'll be matched up for the challenge because you've been in contact with God. And when you're in contact with God, there's no demon, there's no dilemma, there's no difficulty that you will not be equipped to overcome and to prevail against. So fathers, I want to encourage us today through the lesson of this caring father. Remember, fathers care enough to bring their child to Jesus. Fathers care enough to believe there is hope for their child. Fathers care enough to be honest about their own condition. I want to encourage you today. Don't hide. Don't hide. Be honest. Be honest. Sometimes we try to hide. And then we finally come to a place of saying, Hey, son, daughter, this is what's going on. They're like, I knew it. (laughs) They already know. Better to be honest. And I say that, fathers, because I want to remind you of what I've said repeatedly here in this house. The only thing the devil can rule over in your life and in my life is what we keep in the dark. He's a ruler over darkness. But when you're honest and bring it to the light, he loses his ability to manipulate, to control, to intimidate you and I. Because when you bring it to the light, God says, now you're ready. For me to come, shine my light of favor and force in you. I'm going to set you free. The devil will not be able to manipulate and troll you in that area anymore. Because in your honesty, you've demonstrated humility. God gives grace. Gives supernatural ability to the humble. Fathers. Again, this is your day. We honor you. Let me have every father in the house. Would you stand up, please? Fathers, would you stand up? We are so grateful for you. Look at these fathers. Look at these fathers. Yeah. 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 Stay standing. Listen. I'm a preacher. You don't know this by now? I'm letting you in on a secret. When preachers call you to stand up, the next thing they're going to call you to is to come forward. So I want you to come forward. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to kick you. I'm not going to spit on you. But we want to honor you. We want to bless you today. We have a gift for every one of you. All fathers, would you come? Including you, Abraham. You know, right here, up here by the altar. Yeah. Thank you, fathers. Wow. All right. Look at these guys. Awesome men. 
Awesome, man. Fill it up. Yeah. Let me pray over you right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these fathers. Each one of them has a unique journey that they've walked. Each one of them has faced challenges. Each one of them has come across circumstances, some of them overwhelming. And I just pray your grace would abound toward them. I pray you continue to give them wisdom. Give them your help as they look to you. These men are caring fathers, Lord. And you're the father of all fathers and you care for them. That's why you invite us, cast all your care on me. For I care for you. I lift them up to you right now and I pray, Father, your blessing of favor on them. Continue to give them the strength that they need as they lead their families. And Lord, I pray that through them your care would be demonstrated and that you would reward them for fulfilling the role that you've called them to. Bless them. Strengthen the work of their hands. Continue, God, to grant them your guidance in everything. In Jesus' name.